Chronicles chapter 12. I'm excited here this morning. It's good to see a friend of mine from went to high school together. And uh, it's good to see Tammy, husband, and family there. It's great to see you guys. We uh, we graduated a year apart. And uh, I think we, were, we felt like we were in the same grade. We were in every class together pretty much. It's always good to see your high school friends. And uh, it's great to, great to see you. Great to see you guys. Looking forward to meeting the rest of your family. Second Chronicles chapter 12, verse 9. If you have it, say amen. Verse 9 of Second Chronicles chapter 12 says, When Shishak, king of Egypt, attacked Jerusalem, he carried off the treasures of the temple of the Lord and the treasures of the royal palace. He took everything. Somebody say everything. And then it says, including the gold shields Solomon had made. So King Rehoboam made bronze shields to replace them and assigned these to the commanders of the guard on duty at the entrance to the royal palace. Whenever the king went to the Lord's temple, the guards went with him, bearing the shields. And after, afterward, they returned them to the guard room. Let's pray one more time. Father, remove me. Place your Holy Spirit behind this pulpit. That he that has an ear, let him hear. Lord, I pray that this message would draw us closer to you and further away from the things that are holding us back. Further from the old, further from the past. Lord, we thank you and we praise you, Lord God. Let faith arise and let all the sin drop off. In the name of Jesus. And all together we said... Before you see it, shake your neighbor's hand and ask him, what are you made of? There's a saying in sports. Whether it's basketball, football, soccer, hockey. That the last period, the last quarter, the last few moments, they say that every coach will tell their players, we're going to find out what you're made of right now. And the last part, in the last quarter, a lot of times you will see athletes who beat their bodies, who train, who go hard for months at a time, training hard, training their eyes, training their hands, training their feet, training their body for months, only to find out what they're made of in the last five minutes. Today we're going to find out what we're made of. I like what Abraham Lincoln said. He said, character is like a tree and reputation like its shadow. The shadow is what we think of it, but the tree is the real thing. My friend, we are living in a society many times where good results are seldomly praised, but bad results are always drastically magnified. We see men and women living carelessly with no intention of eternal results. Many times we will say things like, well, it really doesn't matter Anyways, nothing really matters. I'm just going to live for a little while, and then I'm going to die. 
Whatever happens, happens. I believe there was an old song that they used to sing. That, you know, que sera, sera. Whatever will be, will be. Just doesn't matter. Just whatever happens, happens. Why should I even perceive a practical present? I'm just going to die anyways. You live, you breathe, you eat, then you die. Not a big deal. Listen, here this morning, I'm here to tell you that the way you live is a big deal. How you perceive your present is a big deal. How you live right now is a big deal. It's not a small deal. My friend, it is a big deal. Tell your neighbor, it's a big deal. See, my friend, it does matter how you get to heaven. You cannot get to heaven just being a good person. You could be the greatest person of all time in your eyes, but without Christ, I'm pretty sure, matter of fact, it's pretty factual, you're not going to get into heaven. No man comes to the Father except through me, the Son, Jesus Christ. That's the only way. So, my friend, it does matter how you live. I know a lot of people think it doesn't matter. I'll just drink and then, you know, if ever uh, uh, my life flashes before my eyes or, you know, I'm going to go off a bridge, I'll accept Jesus right then and there, right before I die. Then I'm going to accept it's going to be great. Then I'm going to go to heaven. My friend, it does matter how you live. See, many people think oh, it doesn't matter. My friend, it matters how you live. I like what Billy Graham said. He said, when wealth is lost, nothing is lost. When health is lost, something is lost. When character is lost, all is lost. See, my friend, our society today does not highlight character. We highlight situations. We highlight situations that we look at and we say, oh, poor so-and-so, or oh, great so-and-so, off of one thing. We don't really care about their character. Character is not a big deal. We don't really highlight that. We just like to live for the moment. Even our state, the state of California, do you remember just a little while ago, do you remember our governor? A lot of people, they didn't even care what he stood for. They just stood, cared for the fact that, ooh, I like the Terminator. I'm going to vote for him. That's my favorite movie of all time. And so we hired a governor based on, ooh, that's my favorite movie. We look at things and we go, ooh, that's my favorite. I'm going to go after that. We don't really look at the character of things. We don't really look at the testings of things. We just figure, ooh, that's good for right now. See, even in today, in our marriages, you know the example of our marriages? We look at certain uh, celebrities and we go, oh, I love her dress. Oh, I like her hair. Oh, I like, and then all of a sudden we go, ooh, I like that marriage, even though it lasted two months. That's our society. That's what we're into. We're, I mean, we, we get so much into uh, certain marriages and certain relationships, we'll just put them together. We're like, ooh, Ben Affleck and Jennifer, we're going to call them Benifer. Right? That was like the longest three months ever, you know. I think, I think Jennifer Lopez, was she on like her fifth marriage now or something like that? Something like that, fourth, fifth, I don't even know. I mean, just, just lost track after two. We're like, okay, three, four. And that's, see, that's what our society like. Ooh, we like that. Who's she married to next? Ooh, who's he going to be with next? Like, we don't even care at the fact that, oh, man, I'm glad they've been sticking out 20, 20 years. Oh, that's unheard. We don't, we don't highlight 20 years. 
I highlight 20 minutes. Ooh, they've been together for 20 minutes. Let's make a whole magazine based on 20 minutes. That's our society. That's what we like. We like personality. We do not like character. See, we live in a society where character is not highlighted, but tragedy is overwhelmingly dramatized and augmented. Elmer G. Letterman said, personality can open doors, but only character can keep them open. I like an old Japanese proverb. It says, when a character of a man is not clear to you, just look at his friends. Even in our society today, there is the, uh, the second largest site in the world after Google is Facebook. And Facebook has figured out how to tap in to our psyche. I know, just click a button, that's your friend. Not the fact that you really know them. Just click on the button, that's your friend. Why? Because it's tapped into the relationship of what God had ordained. But all of a sudden, what do you do? Click it, that's my friend. And the thing about it is that if you don't like what they say, ooh, I don't like, I'm unfriending you. I don't even care. Oh, I like that dress. Oh, I don't like that. I'm unfriending you. I hate that hat. That's ugly. Who do you think you are? We look at things. We scroll down and go, ooh, who's she? she talking about me? Oh, she better not be talking about me. Oh, girl, if I find you, I don't know who you are. You live in where you live in, Kansas City? If I knew where you were at, I would find you. Because that's the way we see friendships now. Our friendships, they're not real. There's nothing deep about it. There is no deep relationships. It's very surface. It's very what we call shallow. And that's how our society is now basing many of the relationships based on personality. I mean, be honest, probably if you're on Facebook, for those of you that are, you will click and confirm a friend request based on their profile pic. Like, oh, okay, oh, they got nice hair. That's my friend. Ooh, they're a Niner fan. That's my friend. Oh, look, they like the Raiders. That's my friend. Do you really know them? I have no idea. But it's still my friend. Because that's how our society is beginning to work now, based on just what we see, not the depth of who we are. See, my friend, character is what God is looking for. He's not looking on the outside, but he looks on the inside. He's looking for men and women with depth, men and women with character. Now, what is character? And what is depth? Depth is a measurement from the top down, from the surface inward, from the front to the back. In Psalms 107, verse 24, one of my father's favorite scriptures, he said, the, the, They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds, and the deep. In Luke chapter 5, verse 4, it says, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. See, my friend, this year, in 2013, no more shallow. No more surface. It's time to go deep. See, some of you, you've just been messing in the shallow. You've been playing in the kiddie pool of Christ. Ooh, I like Christ. Look at, he's so cool. I feel blessed. This is so great. Trials, okay, that's a little bit too deep. That's four feet. I can't go four feet. That's a, you start getting into trials right there. That's a little bit too much. I just like that. I am a friend of God. Yay. I am a friend of, look at Splash You. Look at that. We just like, sir, that's just, just I just want to just go to church. I don't want to be the church. That's too much. That's like deep. Go to church, that's me. Be the church, that's them. See, my friend, God is looking for character. Men and women with depth. Men and women that are ready to launch into the deep. Every time Christ talked to the disciples, he was trying to get them to go deep. Saying, you're, you're just, you just can't be satisfied with just being shallow. 
We're just being, I'm a follower of Christ. I just, I'm just there. Well, if you're going to be a follower of Christ, you're going to be tested. There's going to be some testings that you're going to go through to see if your character is worthy to be called a Christian. No more of just the shallow stuff of what a Christian is. Ooh, he said Jesus, he's a Christian. Remember back in the 80s and the 90s, we would wait for somebody at the Grammys to say, ooh, please say thank God, please say thank God, please say thank God, because I want to listen to the rest of your music. Even though it's horrible, I just want you to say God, and therefore I can say, see, he's a Christian. I'm going to listen to the rest of his music. You remember that? We used to say that all the time. Oh, we just say God. He said God. Did you hear that? He said God. I know he said, you know, a few cuss words and has bad character after that, but he said God. See, that's the society we live in. We don't care about the character. Just say God. Don't live for God. Just say God. No, my friend, it does matter. Your character matters. Your depth, it matters. The type of Christian you are, it does matter. See, it's time for us to go deep. This year, I believe in 2013, we are going to see things that we've never seen before. We're going to go places we've never gone before. Some of you, you're going to do things you ain't never done before. This year in 2013, you are going to go deep. Tell your neighbor, time to go deep. Come on, tell your neighbor, time to go deep. Listen, I don't know about you, but whenever I watch football, the handoff, it's cool. The handoff is fine, but I love it when the quarterback, he gets back there, and he's like, man, I'm ready to go. He's got that football. Everybody's trying to get him, and he's got the ball, and he says, here we go. Go! And he throws that thing deep. And everybody, for a split second, is like, wow. Shh. Whoa. Oh. Just like everybody's in awe. Why? Because when you go deep, everything stops. Everything stops. Man, look at him. He's going deep. Look at him, man. He's going through the whole thing. Look at him. He's not just satisfied with just getting a handle. He wants to, he wants to go all the way out there. See, because when you go all the way out there, it's the unknown. I've never, oh, man, I don't, there's nobody else out here. It's just me and this guy. Just, oh, what do I do? Whoa, what do I do? That's why it's called faith. You may not see it, but it's on its way. You may not see it, but it's on its way. Can I hear an amen? Sam Ewing once said, hard work spot, spotlights the character of people. Some turn up their sleeves. Some turn up their noses, and some just don't turn up at all. I want to ask you that question one more time. What are you made of? Here in this story of 2 Chronicles chapter 12, we see this man by the name of King Rehoboam. Now, this king was the grandson of King David, the great and mighty King David, and was also the grandson of King Solomon the richest man in the Old Testament. And as we see this, we also see that this king, King Rehoboam, he also began his reign as king of Israel at the age of 41 and was in that position until he was 58 years old. Now look in verse 1 of 2 Chronicles chapter 12. The Bible says that this king, he forsook the law of the Lord and all of Israel went with him. See, what you need to see and understand that even as king and even as a leader, whether you're a good leader or a bad leader, people are going to follow you just because you're a leader. People are going to follow where you go, what you say, what you do. Why? Because you're a leader. Did you know this, that even those of you that are, you may not be a titled leader here in the church, but as a Christian, 
When people know you're a Christian, you know what happens in their mind? Right away they look at you. Why? Because you become in a leadership position right away. The moment you say, I serve Christ, they go, ooh, what does he have that I don't have? I want to see. I want to look. Right away they put you in the leadership position just because why? Because Christ always leads, and you look like Christ. So, therefore, you're going to be a leader. So you're now a leader. So whether you are a good leader or a bad leader, people are going to follow you. And the Bible says here that this king, he forsook the law of the Lord and everybody behind him followed. See, you and I must be very careful of the position that we carry because people are watching us. The Bible says there in 2 Chronicles chapter 12 that he began to strengthen himself. He began to become very Prideful. Does anybody know any prideful people? Okay, some of you just, if you did not say amen, more than likely, it's you. Now, the Bible also says how he became prideful. Look in verse 14. Verse 14 says how he became prideful and even self-righteous. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 12, he did not prepare his heart to seek or to worship the Lord. See, my friend, I want you to know this. Preparation is a big deal. It is a very big deal. I've used this analogy before, and I'll use it again. The other day I was there, and I was driving on the 880, trying to come south, trying to come back home uh, from north of Oakland, and I'm coming down, and there's traffic, constant traffic, and I'm like, why is there constant traffic? And I'm, man, I'm slow, it's going real slow. I'm going like two miles an hour. I'm like, oh, man, this is killing me. And then finally, I could see in the distance, and it was far off, I could see the Oakland Coliseum. And I go, oh, and they had a Thursday night game. It's like, oh, man, because usually they don't play games on Thursday night, so I didn't think anything of it. It's like, oh, man, no wonder why. And then I go there, and I see, and there's lines, lines, lines of people decked out. I mean, the cars are decked out in Raiders. Raiders on the side of the truck. Raiders flags. I seen this huge Raider barbecue pit, humongous. I was like, oh, my gosh, makes me hungry right now. I mean, it's just huge. And you just see, you see people with their faces all painted, and this guy's got spikes, you know, and his hair is spiked. I mean, everything. You, the, the moms, they're all decked out, and their babies are all decked out. Babies are like two months old, and they're like, yeah, I got Raiders, you know. Everybody, everything is Raiders. They got Raiders shoes, Raiders shoelaces, Raiders stickers, Raiders socks, Raiders pants, Raiders shirt, Raiders undershirt, Raiders helmets, Raiders, and you're just like, Whoa. Wow. I mean, you just look at them and you're like, man. But as I look at it, I go, man, that probably took a long time to do. Like, you just don't slap it on and go, okay, here we go. Like, that takes some time. And I know a few fans that they are very detailed. I mean, they're like, if I'm going to put my sticker on, it's going to be like, shh, be quiet. I'm putting this on right now. I'm not playing. I really did see somebody do that. They're like, putting the sticker on. All right, you guys, stop, 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 stop. It's got to be right. Is it perfect? Is it lined up? Is it lined up? It's like, oh, man, it's not lined up. Okay, let me do it again. And they get pre- Why? Because preparation to them, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. But it's so funny that many times when we come to church, we're like, did they do worship? Well, I don't want to do worship. I don't like worship. I don't really care. See, the Bible says that that's what happened with this guy, with King Rehoboam. He did not prepare his heart for worship. See, my friend, worship is a big deal. It's a huge deal. Even though you may think, well, it's not a big deal. I just want to sit and listen and, you know, hopefully if I listen to the words, maybe I'll change, maybe not. No, preparation is a big deal. 
Your worship is a big deal. The Bible says that he abides, he dwells in the midst of our praise, in the midst of our worship. So probably many times we're probably wondering, man, where is God? He's probably looking down going, where's my praise? Where's my worship? I want to live with you. I want to be there with you, but I'm just looking for some worship. I'm looking for some praise. So for those of you that say, well, you know, worship and sing, I can't sing, so why should I worship? I don't know how to sing. It's not, a, it's not that big a deal. He hears my heart. No, he gave you a voice on purpose for a purpose. So even though you may think, well, I don't know how to sing. I don't know. I don't know that, that's not the point. The point is he gave you the voice to sing. He gave you the hands to lift. He gave you that body to worship. That's why he gave it to you. So your worship is a big deal. Preparation is a big deal. Can I hear an amen? See, this is something that you and I must understand, that preparation is a part of Christianity. See, if you have nothing prepared, then my friend, you're probably, you probably should prepare for nothing. If you have nothing prepared, then prepare for nothing. See, this is something that you and I must understand, that when we come to church, this is preparation. This isn't game time. This is preparation, where we get ready to go out there, and that's game time. When we go to our family, when we go to our friends, when we go and we come face to face with the enemy, that's game time. Right now we're preparing ourselves. God, Lord, prepare me to be a pure and, I like this next word, tried. Ooh, tried, 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 tried. You know what that word means? Tried, tested, tested. In other words, so when you go out there, your character is not fake. It's true. It's the real deal. Lord, prepare me, test me, try me, that I may be an open and broken vessel for your honor and for your glory. Can I hear an amen? Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise here this morning. Now, as we read on with the story, the Bible says that King Rehoboam began to prosper. See, they looked good on the outside, but their insides were very corrupt. Then in verse 5 of 2 Chronicles chapter 12, the Bible says that the prophet Shemaiah came to the king and told him that Shishak, another king in another kingdom, was going to destroy them. Then the Lord saw how they had humbled themselves. So instead of completely destroying them, something else was going to take place. Not because of how wise they were, but because they had forsaken God. So because they forsook God, God then says, I will forsake them. See, even God himself told his own children that he had to leave them, and he just left them alone. Left them alone. See, God never leaves anyone that has not left him first. Now, I know many of you say, well, the scripture says, well, God will never leave me. He'll never forsake me. It's true. It's very true. All in context. Context of being obedient to the will of God. See, you, your will must come under submission to the will of God. See, even here in this portion of scripture, and there's a, actually a lot of scriptures where you will read that God just left them alone. He just left them alone. I mean, you, you would think that the children of Israel, they could have made it to their destination in 12 days when they left Egypt. But God said, no, go ahead, take 40 years. Do your thing. That's fine. 
I want to help you, but it, you, you don't want me to. You don't want me to. You read the life of Moses, the life of David, the life of Abraham, the life of Joshua, even Jesus on the cross. Father, why hast thou forsaken me? See, God doesn't forsake us. He forsakes sin. See, God don't like sin. And when it comes to sin, listen to me right here. When it comes to sin, God is serious. He don't play with it. God is so serious when it comes to sin, he'll wipe out the whole earth because he don't like sin. You say, what do you mean? God would God do that? Sure, just ask Noah. He wiped out everybody because he was tired of it. Look at this sin. Look at, look at this filth. Look, look at what they're worshiping. Look, let's just wipe them all out. Thank God Noah said, hold on, hold on, please, what about me and my family? Okay, you and your family, you build a boat. And I'm going to wipe out everybody, but you stay in the boat. Get in that boat. You get out that boat, I'm forsaking you. Stay in that boat, you're going to be all right. See, when it comes to sin, God's serious. And so for those of you that right now you may think, well, I'm just, you're kind of trying to play patty cake with God. You're playing hopscotch with God. Say, okay, God, ooh, I like you, I like you. Okay, I don't like you, I don't like you. I don't really feel you right now. Okay, God, I feel you right now. Ooh, I'm feeling it, I'm feeling it. Okay, not right now. I want to go out here and play around with the bars and go out there and, and have casual sex with anybody I want. Oh, okay, okay, God, I'm going to come out here. Oh, this is good. Okay, God, I'm going to go back out there and get high a little bit because I know you're going to forgive me once I go back and play hopscotch with you. And then I'm going to come back. And, and so a lot of times we try to play with God. And we think God's going to, now God's grace and God's mercy it's sufficient enough to cover all your stupidity. Yes, it's true. But don't think for a second that you can continually be stupid in the will of God. You can't. Because once you get out, God says, okay, I'm just going to wait till you stop playing hopscotch. I'm going to wait till you stop playing double. I don't, I don't play that. I'm looking at your character, not how well your feet are. I'm not looking at your feet. I'm looking at your heart. See, and the Bible says right here that he said, you know what, I'm going to forsake. They forsook me, I'm going to forsake them. See, God is very serious when it comes to sin. So we see here in verse 7, we see how God, he won't destroy them, but he made them subject to another king. So God, what did he do? He gave them grace. But this was God's grace. God's grace was life without my glory and without my excellence. So here in 2 Chronicles chapter 9, read, read with me here, and this is where the, the brunt of the message is right here. When Shishak, king of Egypt, attacked Israel, he carried off the treasures of the temple of the Lord and the treasures of the royal palace. He took everything, including the gold shields Solomon had made. Now these gold shields, what did they represent? They represented the glory of God, the protection of God, and the praise of God. See, the shields were now stolen, and so the king, because remember, he didn't have great character. He didn't want to look bad. He was the leader. And just like most leaders, leaders don't want to look bad, right? I don't want to look bad. What am I going to do? How am I going to do this? And so in all his wisdom, he thought up the concept, okay, well, gold shields. What am I going to get that looks like gold, but nobody's going to really know? I know. Let's get some brass shields. Looks like gold. I mean, it looks exactly like it, but I know it's not really, I know it's not it. A few people know, but not everyone else. It looks exactly like it. And a lot of times we get a lot of people, they, they want to do church like that. So I, I'm, I look like, a, look, I'm in church, aren't I? I am a Christian. 
No, I know when I leave here, I'm really not a Christian. But not everyone knows that. I look like, it looks like, look at this. I have a very, I even have a tie. Don't Christians wear ties? Kind of? Really? No? I don't know. I'm going to take off my tie so I look like you. You guys think, oh, Christians have ties. Pastor doesn't have a tie. Is he a Christian? Yeah, still a Christian. See, the outside doesn't matter. A lot of times we like to think the outside matters. God says, no, I'm not looking on whether you think you're a Christian. I'm looking at whether you're a character of a Christian. The depth of who you are. See, and this is where this king, he began to say, you know what? I know I'm going to look like it. I may not be it, but I'm going to look like it. See, now here, what is the difference? Why is there, is it such a big deal between gold shields and brass shields? Why, why was that even such a big deal? Look at this. This is, this is it. What is the difference between gold and brass? Now, I'm going to give you just a little bit of quick history and a quick research on gold. See, gold forms the basis for monetary standard used by the IMF, which is the International Monetary Fund, and also for the BIS, which is the Bank of International Settlements. In other words, gold is the reason why your green is worth anything. That's the whole reason why. No gold, worthless green. That's how it works. Because we have gold, now, especially in the state of where we're in right now within our country, we've kind of exceeded our green over our gold. And that's why they're calling this the whole fiscal cliff, and it's getting crazy, and all, all that uh, other stuff. We're, we're trying to—we're we're basically making more money and giving out more money than what we have. Now, when they say we're making more money than what we have, what they're referring to when they say what we have, they're referring to gold. That's what they're referring to. So when they say, "Man, how come we're giving out more than what we have?" It's not like we have other hundred-dollar bills stashed somewhere. No, we have gold. But the thing about it is that. Gold is there. It doesn't keep multiplying it until we get more. So when you go over and you have, that's where you get a deficit. You get a debt. So wherever you go, if you have a $100 bill, you must exchange it in certain countries because they don't take your $100 bill. Like, ooh, okay, Benjamin. Who's Benjamin Franklin? I don't know who he is. He doesn't matter to us. But give me gold. Ah, I'll take that. That's not a problem. See, when it comes to gold, gold you can take anywhere in the world, and it has value. You could take it anywhere, and it's valuable. See, you as a Christian, can I take you anywhere, and you'd be valuable? Can we pick you up and say, you know what, we need to send you to Russia because they need you over there. Are you valuable? Or is it just, no, I just, I'm, just I'm just here. I'm just, I'm, it is. I'm, it's all about the Benjamins, baby. Yay. See, gold, you could take anywhere, and it still holds its value. See, gold also does not react with most chemicals. It's only attacked by a few things, chlorine, fluorine, aqua regia, and cyanide. In other words, there's only a few things that can disturb gold. Not a lot of things can See, if you're made of gold, not everything gets to you. But I know some people, all it takes 
is just one little post on Facebook. Did you hear what she said about me? Oh, that's it. I'm going to kill her. She don't know who she messes with. Who she thinks she is. It's just like, dude, all they said was just they didn't like your hair color or you had, they didn't like your nails or just something. Like small things. They just said something like, who does she think? Well, I don't know. Who does she think she is? I have no idea. Who do you think that she thinks that she is? Because apparently one small thing gets you mad. Even, see, even in marriages, when you're married, listen to me, married couples, what are the things that get you mad? What is your threshold of pain? What are the things that get you upset? Is it the little thing? You put the toothpaste in the wrong place. That's it. You know, I'm shutting the doors. Don't ever talk to me again because you put the toothpaste in the wrong place. It's just toothpaste. I'll buy another one. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It's, not the, it's the principle of toothpaste. In Acts chapter 20, verse 24, Paul says, these things don't move me. They won't mess with who I am. See, if you have, if you're made of gold, when it comes to certain things, and people try to gossip about you, even to you, say, hey, did you guess what I, you didn't hear it from me. But I'm just going to tell you because somebody told somebody who told somebody who told somebody who told me, and I'm just telling you because I'm your friend. I'm just trying to be real. So I'm going to be real, and I'm just going to tell you, but I didn't say it, but somebody else said it. I know I'm a dump truck because I'm dumping all this garbage on you. But listen, that's okay. Okay, I'm just telling you I didn't say it. For reals? For reals. Okay, this is what they said about you. When a character of a man is not clear to you, look at his friends. Oh, they never. And then all of a sudden, they said, what about me? Ooh, ooh, just, ooh, just look, just give me a room. Just give me five minutes. Give me five, I'm going to backslide, and then after that, I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to front slide. But man, just give me five minutes. Five minutes, that's all I need. I'm going to get him, I'm going to get him. But in all reality, what are you really going to do? Now, you don't know me. You're right, I don't know you, because I only know people made of gold. See, people made of gold when it comes to certain things, it doesn't mess with them. It's all right. There might be a few things that get to you. There are a few things that they get to us as Christians. I understand that. But not everything. Not all these little things. All the little things. Man, I can't find my shoes. I can't do this. I can't. I'll never forget. There was a, 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 we had this leader. I'm not, he's not in our church no more. I was young. So I think I, well, I do know who it is. It's still funny. It's the funniest story I've ever heard. Second funniest I've ever heard in my life. This leader didn't come to church, and I'm not making this up. He didn't come to church because his wife double creased his pants. So I, what? That's a double crease. I single crease. Single crease. What are they? That's it. I'm, I'm out of here, man. What are you doing? I'm on my pants. Single crease. I'm not kidding. I am not kidding. I'm not going to church. I'm not going it's a crease. You do have other pants, don't you? No, those are my favorite pants. Okay. See, what are the things that move you? What are the things? See, I remember when I was younger, I used to always look at people and I'd be looking like, mm. like oh, dude, this guy wants to fight me, dude. He wants to fight. You down? You down? You going to fight? All over a look. He probably just had a twitch in his eye. Like, Dude, he 
this dude, this guy's winking at me. Whatever, what do you want me to do? I said, we're going to get him, man. We're going to get him. Paul says, these things, they don't move me. You know, ah, whatever. They don't talk about me. I'm fine. It's cool. Uh, not a problem. Philip Crew, senior, he said, you want to talk about me? Get in line. There's a big old line. Here, take number 2,134. Get in the back. Get behind that. Yeah, get behind that weirdo. He's a weirdo. Go ahead. You can get behind him. That means you're just as weird as he is. Go ahead. Get in the back. My father used to always say that song. You could talk about me as much as you please. You could talk about me as much as you please. You could talk about me as much as you please. I'll talk about you when I'm on my knees. All my sins are washed away. Praise the Lord. Thank you for talking about me. It's good. I'm glad I'm on your mind. Praise the Lord. Did you know that gold, a single gram of gold, pure gold, can be beaten to one square meter. An ounce, look at this, an ounce of pure gold can be beaten into 300 square feet. One ounce. Now, I know who I'm talking to. This is Victory Hour, so you guys know what an ounce is, okay? All right. Don't lie. Don't look at me. Me? No, honey, I would never, never, I would never do that. An ounce of pure gold. I'm talking pure gold. No other chemicals, no other dross, no nothing else. Pure gold. That if you beat it, it actually gets stronger. When you spread it out, it actually gets stronger. When you move it all around, and put, it actually even gets stronger. See, an ounce of pure gold. See, a Christian who's of the pure and holy, tried and true, no matter even if you put trials and things in their way, they just get a little stronger. A Christian made of pure gold is stronger. And no matter what you bring my way, devil, enemy, Satan, liar, mm, hey, that's good. Thank you. Make me a little bit stronger. Stretch me out just a little bit more. See, some of you this past year, in 2012, you've been beaten. You were beaten on the left, you were beaten on the right, and you felt like, man, that's it, I'm giving up. No, you weren't giving up. You were just getting stronger. 2012, that was my stronger year. That's all that was. I was just getting a little bit stronger. You could beat me as much as you want. You could talk about me as much as you want. You could say all as much as you want. But me, I'm just getting made of pure gold. I'm going to be that Christian who has some character, who's got some pure gold deep inside me. No, no, no. I don't look like gold. I am made of gold. See, you know what brass is used for? Brass is used for coin and furniture and fixings. It's just, it's used for looking like gold. That's what brass is used for. It's being used for just looking like gold. Brass, because it has the look of gold, you have to constantly clean it and wipe it in order to give it its shine. And the more you constantly clean it and wipe it, the more it gets tarnished. Until eventually, like, man, I can't use this no more. See, but gold, you wipe it one time, looks just brand new. It's got shine. See, some of you here this year, 
Some of you are going to have to get, all it's going to take is just one time. No more of this one, come on, brother. Come on, okay, let's just, sister, come on, just let, her, just let it go. Well, I know, but she was, it's okay, just let it go, sister. Well, she don't know me. Oh, it's okay, I know, we don't know you either. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. Come on, just let it go. Good. Come on, sister. The very next day, oh, but pastor, oh, it's okay, it's all right. It's okay. Oh, but I, okay, it's okay. See, because brass, you got to constantly clean it, constantly wipe, constantly, 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 constantly. But gold, get right. Okay, I'm so sorry. I need to get right. Okay, pretty good. All right, on to the next one. The brass, oh, pastor, the pastor, oh, pastor. Now. Because I'm a pastor, because I'm a shepherd, I'm constantly clean because that's what God has called me to do. But Christians who are made of gold, pastor, I've got it. Really? What was it? Oh, what was it? Okay, don't do it again. Okay. All right, let's go. Let's go. All right, let's go. Because you understand, look, trials and tribulations, they're a part of who we are. They're a part of who you are. They're a part of who I am. But they don't break me. They make me. They make me that man made of gold. You know what gold is? Gold is a great conductor of heat and electricity, right? Now, for those of you that you do construction, right, most of the things that you use, you use copper. It's cheaper and things like that. But you know, as well as I do, the best form of, of metal that you could use is gold, if you can use it. That's why, I mean, when it comes to, you know, MTV cribs, they go, ooh, look at the faucet is made of gold. Like, who does that? I don't even know who does that. Oh, they have this. Oh, it's made of gold. Trash can. Oh, made of gold. They have this made of gold. Because when you look at that, you're like, wow. Because really, in all reality, gold is actually the best conductor of heat and electricity. In other words, it's able to flow through properly. Now, conductor, let me, let me give you this, this word really quick. I'm going to break down this word. I will, well, you're you're going to see something real, uh, real quick. The word con is a prefix that means to study or to learn by heart. Duct, something holding something, channeling it from one place to another, like an air duct, a water duct. That's the word duct. And then the word or, it brings together forming nouns denoting a person or a thing. Con, duct, or. Conductor. So if ever you want to learn anything, they, and they teach you this in, in, in English because, you know, we kind of, we write from left to right. But a lot of other countries, they go from right to left. So uh, when it comes to certain words and you want to learn the actual meaning of it, even in Spanish, they say everything is backwards. But actually that's kind of the right way, really what it is. Because what you're doing is you're flipping it around and you're getting it the right way. So when it comes to conductor, you just flip it around. So what is a conductor? A conductor is a person getting something and taking it from somewhere that they learned by heart. Conductor. So if you want to be a conductor, you have to study. Get it in you. Make it a part of who you are so that you can take it from here to there. So when you come to church, see, we're giving you, I'm giving you something. I'm trying my best. I'm studying. I'm giving it to you. Man, the pastor, he said, man, I need to let things go. So that means on Monday when it comes at you, let it go. Because if you're a good conductor made of gold, then the spirit can flow right through you. But see, brass, it's very difficult. It needs a stronger charge. Condu gold, just give me a little charge. I'm good. This week, we're going to have prayer every day. 
Monday night, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and every day. Why? Because we want the spirit to flow through us, to flow right through us. The, the words that I share, the words that I say with you, these are not just nice words. Oh, that, that's great stuff for the pastor. No, this is great stuff for you. It's for the things that you go through, the things that I go through. It's not just for him, not just for her, it's for us. Because if you're going to be a great conductor, then you got to let it flow through you. See, some of you look and go, oh, man, other, look at the church. They gave those gifts. That's, I'm glad they're giving. No, if you're a good conductor, then you'll give too. Oh, that's so great. Look, at they gave them a bite. That's so awesome. If you're a good conductor, it'll flow right through you too. Man, that was a powerful word. Man, that man, a pastor, man, he, that's a great word. If you are a great conductor, then the word could flow through you. Because that's what gold is supposed to be made of. That's what a good conductor is supposed to be made of. That it flows right through you. That not just, oh, the pastor heard the word of the Lord. Did you hear the word of the Lord? Did you hear God? Because if you're made of gold, then you hear it. God, oh, man. Feel it. When's the last time you and your wife or you and your family, you said, you know what? I heard God. Think about that. Man, I heard God. I heard from God. All right, if you heard from God, then let it flow right through you. See, here this morning, this is how we're going to conclude this service and this message. I want them to come right now, maybe a couple of guys that can come and bring this barrel out. And this is what we're going to do. The Bible Many times in the book of Ezekiel, book of Isaiah, book of Proverbs, it affiliates this word dross with wickedness. Dross and wickedness. I believe in Proverbs chapter 23, it talks about a wicked heart and wicked lips are like a potsherd who has silver dross. In other words, there's certain things in your life that you need to get rid of in order to be pure. And what it is, if you study, you can put it right there, thank you. If you study how a blacksmith or a goldsmith, when they put their metal under the heat, under the pressure, and maybe many of you, you've probably seen some movies, old-time movies, or you might have seen the, the History Channel, and you've seen it. And what they'll do is they'll put the metal inside this, this bowl or inside this, uh, has a long stick, and at the end of it, they'll put it inside, and the metal begins to melt, right? And for goldsmiths, what they do is they'll put it inside, and it'll melt. And when it melts, they bring it out, and they look at it. And they look on top, and what they'll do is they have this little thing what we call like a scooper, and they scoop out all of the chemicals that don't belong there. What they call that is dross. It's garbage. It's really the better translation, garbage. It's just garbage that does not belong in there. And you can see, you can tell, because when you put something under fire, you could tell the difference. Ooh, that's gold, that's not. When you put it all together, even like right now, my ring, this is, you know, they call it white gold and yellow gold. It's a little mixture. But then there's also other elements in there that keep it and bind it together. Pure gold is very bendable. It's very bendable. You can bend pure gold and it never breaks. Pure gold, you can bend, it never breaks. In order for this thing to stay the way that it is, there's certain metals that are inside of it. But pure gold, it'll never break. You can bend it, it'll never break. And what they do is they put it underneath and they get it out and they look at it and say, oh, okay, that needs to leave. 
Here today, 2012 might have given you a lot of pressure. Might have given you a lot of things. Said, man, I don't, I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if this will happen. Today, we're going to proclaim that 2013, I'm going to be made of pure gold. And there's certain things in my life I need to get rid of. It's not going to hold me back any longer. This dross, this garbage, this way of thinking, leave. No more. I'm not going to be that happy-go-lucky Christian. When things are good, I'm going to be a Christian. Things are bad, staying away from everybody. Mm -mm, not this year. If people look at me good, then I'll look back at them good. But if people look at me bad, I'm going to look back at them bad. I'm going to know who they're messing with. This year, it's gone. Some of you, maybe you might have some bitterness towards your family, towards your friends. Man, my family is talking about me. You've been holding on to that for years, years, and it's been mixed in there. It's been a mixture of inside. And you really can't tell until the pressure comes and hits it. Man, mm, it gets you mad. Oh, man, I'm going to tell my mom another thing. If she says one more thing, I'm going to let her have it. Because I'll, just a little bit of pressure. Ah! Then you have to go apologizing to everybody. I'm sorry. It's just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're apologizing to your kid. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. People you don't even know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just sorry. I'm just sorry. Why? Because one little thing gets you mad at the whole world. And God's saying, no. I need to get rid of that. He said, I want to make you pure. Pure and holy. Tried and true. This year in 2013, I want to be a Christian. I want to be a man. I want to be a pastor. I want to be a shepherd that's made of pure gold. I'm going to let go of some things. So this is what I want to do. I'm going to give you a few moments, and then we're going to dismiss. Please don't leave it, even if you don't want to be a part. Please don't leave yet, because we're going to do something at the very end. But for those of you. I know that we had planned on doing this on New Year's, so you might have for forgotten or, or, or might not have known or been given the information. But today, we're going to ask, I want AJ to come, and we're going to ask that if you want to get rid of something, because 2013, I'm going to be pure. Pure and cut. Maybe some of you, you're holding on to an addiction that no one knows about. I don't know. Have you come here, you just, you have a hard time with drinking. I mean, you just can't help it. I just, I got to take a sip. And, you know, in your mind, your mindset says, just take a sip. You're not drunk because you're taking a sip. But you know as well as I do, the sip, come on, this is Victory Outreach. Don't be playing with me. Don't be playing with me. This ain't, you know, the first church of the frigid air. Don't be playing us. We, we don't be cold like that. This is B.O. When we do things, we do things. And I know and you know that even when you leave here, you go all out. Don't be looking at me like you don't. You go all out. So if you're going to say, I just take a sip, you know, and you try to get all spiritual. Doesn't the Bible say, you know, just don't get drunk. So that means I can have some. Be quiet. Don't be playing. Well, it's just, you know, the, the, the God said, you know, the, all the herbs of the earth that he were to use. That's why I, I just take herbal stuff. That's it. It's just herbal. You're playing around. No, you don't. You know what you need? You don't need herbal. You need deliverance. That's what you need. I just take a little. You don't need it. You need deliverance. That's what you need. You need to get rid of your garbage. And you know what your garbage is. Now, I'm not here as 
a pastor to tell you what is and what isn't your garbage. That's not my role. That's not my job. I'm not supposed to do that. That would be a dictator. I'm not dictating you. No, no, no. I'm here to just point it out to you, put the fire under you, and you say what's dross and what's not. You need to take out some things. Maybe there might be some things that you're holding on to, some bitterness. And they're passing out some papers right now, and you're going to write it down. Maybe if you brought it, maybe some of you, you might even have it in your purse right now. You might have it in your pocket right now. Some of you in the home, you might have it in your sock right now. You might have it right now. You say, you know what? I can't be holding on to this. Can't be holding on to this. I remember when I was 17, I think it was around 17 years old, and I had a keychain of a girl. She didn't even like me no more. But I held it. One day she's going to like me again. I was young. It's what you do when you're a teenager. I remember I had a keychain and I kept it on there. Kept it on there. So I'd have my key. And every once in a while, I mean, because when you put it there in position, you could see it every day. It was right there. And I had a keychain. And I remember we had this one day in the Old Man Barrel. And I threw in the keychain. I said, oh, man. But what if she likes me again? Now, obviously, years later, it's not true. But when you're young, you're like, it's got to be true. Or in order for it to be true, it's got to stand the test of time. It's got to be tested, tried and true. Some of you here today, you're going to have to let go of things that ain't been tested yet. Your own will, your own thinking, your own way of being. Some of you, you need to throw in there some philosophies. Old, ghetto, street, thuggish philosophies. You ain't a thug no more. You thugging everything. I'm a thug. I'm a Christian thug. You ain't no Christian thug. Stop it. And the funny thing about it is that you're trying to thug your wife. You're thugging your wife. I'm a thug. She don't know me. She's supposed to know you. That's why she's married to you. That's the purpose of marriage. Get to know each other. She don't know me. You're thugging. Some of you smoking. Constantly smoking. Smoking, smoke, smoke, smoke. You don't do it here, but you're smoking. Somebody asked me one time, they said, well, smoking is going to send you to hell. Um, if you want to be biblically correct, according to the Bible, I don't know if it's going to send you to hell, but it sure is going to make you smell like it. One thing we do know about hell, according to scripture, there's gnashing of teeth, there's weeping, there's sulfur, there's smoke. That's that's it. I mean, there's other things in there too. There's hallways, there's rooms. Learn about hell. So I don't know if smoking gonna send you there. Probably might send you there faster. So for those that say, well, smoking bad, it's drinking bad, I'm trying to justify. You know what some of you need to do? You need to write on there, quit justifying everything. Not justify everything. Stop. Try to justify your sin, your mishaps, your mistakes. Stop it. Quit doing that. You can't be pure like that. That's constant diluted. That's why they call it delusional. Because it's diluted, polluted, 
this year, no more. Not going to happen. You know what some of you need to do? You need to just take a $1 bill. I don't know. Take a dollar bill. Just a, I'm just saying a dollar because don't be putting more than that in there. Just take a dollar. It represents the fact that you love money. Some of you loving money. You love it so much. It's taking you away from God. Not from church. Listen to me. Listen. Listen. Hear me. Hear me. Hear me. Not from church. From God. Because that's all you think about. Do this. What about this? What about, oh man, I gotta. Okay, I'm gonna get a third job. I'm gonna get a fifth job. I'm gonna get a sixth job. Okay, I know this job is kind of you know a little corrupt, but that's okay. You know, I just got, I gotta make money. I gotta make money. I gotta make money. I gotta make money. You don't really care about your character. You care about money. And God said, "Well, you're justifying in your mind. Well, you know, God knows. God knows. God's looking at your character. He's not looking at your pocketbook. God knows your pocketbook. Don't worry about it. He knows your pocketbook." Maybe this year, no more. Well, God knows. God, of course he knows. But do you know? You keep saying God knows. We know God knows. I know God knows. You know God knows. But do you know what you're supposed to be doing? Do you know? This year, no more. I'm not going to have it no more. I'm going to get rid of that dross. It's not going to hold me back. Every time people come, I, I break. I'm not going to break this year. Be bendable. Be flexible. Blessed are the flexible, for they will not be bent out of shape. It's not in the Bible. Just made it up, but that's okay. Don't go looking at Scripture for that one. But some of you, you're going to have to get flexible this year. Get a little flexible. Oh, it's okay. All right. I'm still alive. Still breathing. So I've given you some time now to write some things down. Maybe some of you have attainable things that are very tangible that you can actually put in there or put it in. Now, if you weren't able to bring it and you still want to, and you say, you know what, there's something at home. Maybe some of you, you got a, a, a knife or you got a, I don't know what you got. I shared the other day about how a guy brought me a gun. He brought two guns. He said, I don't want to do this no more. He did it after we were all done because he didn't want to put it in the barrel. So maybe this year you got something at home. You got a picture. I don't know what you've got. Or maybe some of the things. You're going to have to, this is going to be a process because maybe even some of you, you're looking at things on the computer you shouldn't be looking at. Some of you say, well, I can't put my whole computer in there. You can put your heart in there. You can get rid of that thing. Your heart is wicked, deceitfully wicked. Put it in there. It's not going to penetrate your heart. Pornography will not penetrate your heart. Now, I'm not just talking to the men. Listen to me. Listen to me. Don't think, well, that's a guy thing. That's a girl thing, too. It's messing up our women, and it's messing up our marriages. And for those of you that are not married, it's going to mess up your marriage. Stop it. Looking at porn like that. Playing around with that stuff. Mess you up. Now, I know I've mentioned a few things. There's probably a lot more. There's probably a lot more. I, I, I can't name every single one. I was just trying to spark something in you that this year, and I want you to think about this. Taking my time because I want you to think of this is serious thing. It's almost going to be ceremonial, if you will, that we're going to get rid of it. This thing's not going to be in my life this year. Get rid of this thing. This dross, it's going. 
Now, I'm not saying that once you put it in here, you are not going to live a perfect life. It's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that you are going to do your best to get rid of it and be in God's perfect will. That's it. Not you perfect, be in God's perfect will. Some of you right now, you're playing around with a permissive will. Stop it. Perfect will. You're in the permissive will. In other words, it's like a permit. All right, you're going, you're playing around, but hopscotch. That's what that is. You're playing hopscotch, you're playing double dutch. Okay, you're ready. No more. No more. Perfect will. Perfect will. Perfect will. I'm not perfect, but God's will is. I'm not perfect, but God's will is. Stand with me here today. Maybe they could put this in the middle. If we can get some of these, put this right here in the middle. And we are going to let go. Of these things. Now, I told you we're going to do this a little bit different because what I'm going to do is we're going to pray right now. We're going to pray. And after we pray, I'm actually going to have you pray about it. Now, I'm not going to have you come to the altar right now. We're going to do something a little bit different. We don't normally do this. And I don't know for those of you that are saying, well, man, it's time for me to go, go eat. If you are more concerned about food than your character, you got a problem. You got a big problem. Your character matters. Character matters. Don't worry. You're going to eat. You will survive. You'll be fine. But I got to go. What do you got to do that's more important than your character? I can't think of anything. Your family matters more than what's on a plate. Your future matters more than going and meeting up with a friend. It matters more. Now, if it doesn't, amen, praise the Lord. For just a little bit, we'll dismiss in prayer and you can go. But... I want you to take this as serious as possible. Bow your heads with me and we're going to pray. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would be with each and every man, each and every woman that is here. Lord, I pray that you would allow us to see this dross, this, the heated situations that many times they get us mad, they get us angry, they get us violent, they get us envious, they get us jealous. Lord, they get us gluttonous. Lord, they, they get us into a state of being that we should not be in. I pray that this year we would get rid of these things, not hold on to these things, bitter no more, anger no more. In the name of Jesus, I speak freedom. Freedom, freedom, freedom. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Be seated. This is what we're going to do. For those of you that say, you know what, I'm going to get rid of this, get rid of it. It's kind of something a little bit abstract.